How may I, in all humble servitude, be of assistance? You would need three promotions to get to be an asshole. Here are some words of wisdom from Mr. Know-it-all. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then, hello and welcome back. This is Storytime, and I am GamerDude. Welcome back. Today I've got some stories for you, and I'm not sure how to classify them. As I started recording and as I was preparing for this episode, I still hadn't decided what to title this episode. There's a lot going on in the world these days. As I record this episode, we're still in the middle of the confirmation hearings for Kavanaugh, who is nominated by the current occupant of the White House, to the Supreme Court. I say that because I have this vision of these stories being listened to when all of this is going to be old news. So I'm trying to put some perspective on when the recording is made and what prompted the recording. Most of the stories that I have are about my childhood and growing up and as I got older and the things that I went through. And that's what the whole point of story time has been about. But there's so much going on in the world these days. And some of it just makes me wonder what the hell's going on. So today's stories are going to be, yeah, some stuff that I grew up with, but some commentary about how that influences the way I look at things today. So we're, we're going to be a little disjointed today, I guess. We don't have the usual through line that I try to put into all of the episodes because I think it's important that, well, I think it's important that I put this stuff out there. And the reason I think that it's important is there's a lot of times I feel like I'm the only person who's felt this way, who feels the way that I feel. And the more that happens in the world, the more convinced I become of that fact. And I'm going to put a disclaimer at the front of this. I'm not doing this episode. I'm not telling these stories to say, well, look how great a guy I am, or look what a wonderful human being I am. That's not what this is all about. I think we all have a feeling that we're normal and anything that's a little different from us, they're the weird ones. But maybe I'm the weird one. I don't know. But here's what I'm getting at. And I think this is the comment that prompted this episode of Storytime. As I was reading some of the news articles about Kavanaugh and the defenses of Kavanaugh, and for perspective, for those who don't know, Kavanaugh was accused of sexually assaulting a girl when he was 17 and she was 15, and he was drunk and at a party in high school when this happened. And by the way, I believe his accuser, absolutely without question. I believe something happened because I know young men and old men, and I know old, rich, white guys, and I know the kids that they raise. So based on my world experience and people that I know, I have no doubt that this stuff happened. But even that's not what prompted this philosophical thought process that prompted this episode of Storytime. What prompted this is men and women who are saying, well, what boy hasn't done that? Me. Several people that I know. Several people that I grew up with. These boys didn't do that. These boys didn't even think of that. That kind of behavior, while I know that it goes on, is foreign to me. It's completely outside my ability to understand how people can act that way and think that it's acceptable and normal. In my world, the way I was brought up, the way I grew up, the values that I have, it's not. It's so foreign to my way of thinking that I feel like I'm in crazy world when I hear people say things like that. That's the kind of behavior that would get us punished, ostracized, 
It was not acceptable behavior, not the way that I grew up. Now, I'm going to call back to some of the things that I've done other episodes about to give you the perspective that I have. If you listen to the episode about me growing up a Christian scientist, you know that I was brought up in a religious home. We weren't fanatical, although <laughs> although people who say, well, you grew up on faith healing, I guess that could be seen as fanatical, but we weren't Bible-thumping, snake-wielding, fire-breathing Christians. No, we were not. We believed what we believed, but we believed in a right and a wrong and a way to do things and a way not to do things. We believed there were ramifications for bad behavior, and there was clearly good and bad behavior. That's the perspective that I had from a religious environment. It didn't turn me into a nut. It gave me a background grounded in do good, don't do bad. And it made a distinction between what's good and what's bad. So one of the things that I learned as a kid was not to do things that would hurt other people. Not to force people to do things they didn't want to do. And even the way I was brought up, my parents didn't really direct me to do things. And maybe it was a passive-aggressive way of getting things done. But my dad would never say, go take out the garbage. That was not my dad. My dad would say, do me a favor and take out the garbage. It was always prefaced as if I had a choice. Now, I was the kid. I didn't have a choice. Dad said, go take out the garbage. You took out the garbage. But it was never a directive as much as it was an invitation. Now, if I didn't accept the invitation, there would always be consequences. If you don't take out the garbage, you won't be getting dessert. Okay, well, now the invitation is more of a mandatory invitation, but at least it was couched that way. But I also learned that if I didn't do what I was supposed to do, which was take out the garbage, that there would be ramifications for it. And the ramifications were always there. If I didn't take out the garbage, dessert was gone. It was over. So I learned. Now, that was partly the lesson from being religious, I suppose, doing what you're supposed to do. But it was also partly the lesson from being a human being living in the world. When the people in authority, your parents, said this is what you're supposed to do, then you did it. Now, thankfully, I had pretty normal parents. They weren't asking me to sacrifice chickens in the backyard or something like that. The normal things were clean your room, take out the garbage, do your chores, get your homework done, go to school, do what you're supposed to do. And that carried me through school. I went through elementary school, middle school, and high school, and I didn't get a single detention. Yes, I was a goody two-shoes. I know that I was. But there was a reason for that. I was supposed to do right and not do wrong. So I always tried to do right. I didn't get in trouble. Doing something that would get me detention scared the pants off of me. Number one, because the teachers wouldn't like me. They think badly of me. And my parents would be mad at me. So I never did anything that would ever get me in trouble. At least not at school. Don't get me wrong. I did stupid stuff outside of school. There was a thing that I did when I was in second grade that's one of the dumbest things that I ever did in my life, and I'm surprised that I'm still alive to tell you about it. A kid and I were hanging around, and we formed a little club, just the two of us, and we built a little clubhouse out of a cardboard box. It was one of those giant refrigerator-type boxes. And we thought it would be cool to have a fire to keep warm by and light up our fortress. Now, I'm in second grade. So I didn't put two and two together. I came up with two and two equals a bag of potatoes. I didn't come up with two and two equals four. But I thought putting a fire inside our cardboard box clubhouse would be a good idea. It wasn't. Thank God my mom saw the smoke wafting out of the cardboard box and came and rescued us from our own idiocy. 
And yes, I was in serious, serious trouble. But I learned because I did something stupid and bad because I was playing with matches that I shouldn't have been playing with that I found and nearly caught myself on fire in a cardboard box. I remember we thought it was a good idea throwing stones at cars as they drove by. Why I thought that was a good idea, I have no idea. This is in second or third grade. I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember exactly what happened. A friend and I were throwing stones at cars as they drove down the street, and we would see if we could hit them as they went by. Now, we're not talking boulders. We're talking, you know, pebbles. But a pebble hits a car, it goes ping, you make it sound, and yay, (laughs) we hit the car. Well, I had no idea what time it was. I had no concept of when dad was coming home until I threw a stone at a car and it happened to be my dad's car. Again, not one of my brighter moments and again, not good behavior, but I learned. Number one, my dad tracked me down. My friend took off, ran, boom, gone. (laughs) Me, he knew where I lived. So dad was able to track me down pretty easily because I was a little slow afoot and uh, not a really good liar. So I got in trouble for throwing stones at cars. And it wasn't just second and third grade me. High school me was an idiot too. I'd graduated from stones to snowballs. And it was one snowy night and my friends and I were outside and hiding behind the snowbanks on the side of the road. And we thought it would be great fun to throw snowballs at cars as they drove up the road. Yeah, it was great fun. Until we threw a snowball at one of the local cop cars. Again, not bright. Now I had the wisdom to go sprinting off with my friends at that time in the hopes that we would escape, but I also wanted to get home. So I sprinted through the field across the street. I had to go through my friend's yard, so there was a lot of open space, and then I got to the field where the tall grass was, and then I looped around the field, took a giant loop around the neighborhood, cut out way up the street about a half a mile. For me, that was way up the street, about a half mile up the street, and then started casually walking back towards my house. Now, of course, the cops were still around and they see this sweaty kid walking down the street. (laughs) What do you think they're thinking? Hmm. Now, the cop had no proof and he put the fear of God into me. And I didn't get in serious trouble, but I did get a stern talking to. And I was terrified, terrified that my parents were going to find out that I was in trouble. So I never did that again either. But I was scared to death that I was going to get in trouble. So I didn't do that anymore. In trouble, getting in trouble, that was the worst thing. Getting grounded, getting privileges taken away, no more TV, no more books, no going to the library. These are the things they took away from me when I was a kid, when I was growing up. And I didn't want to lose that stuff. So that's why I learned to do the good things and not do the bad things. Now, why do I bring that all up? Throwing rocks, throwing snowballs, playing with matches. I bring that up because that's the stuff that all boys do. That's the kind of trouble that all boys get into. Playing with matches. Throwing rocks. All boys don't get in trouble for robbing banks, stealing things, sexually assaulting people. And that's why I don't understand the defense that all boys do it. That's a warped way of thinking. And if that's your mindset... There's really something wrong with your worldview, in my opinion. If you're willing to accept that all boys sexually assault people, God help you if you're trying to raise daughters, or if you're trying to raise sons. You're part of the problem. Now, one of the other things that boggles my mind about what's going on with the Kavanaugh stuff, and 
life in general is people excuse behavior from teenagers because they were drunk. They didn't know what was going on. Teenagers who were drunk didn't know what was going on. Now, don't get me wrong. Let me preface this by saying I know teens drink. Teens have always consumed alcohol. When I was a kid, when my kids were kids, my kids did consume alcohol as teenagers. I know it happens. That's not what this is about. This is about the right and the wrong and doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing. And everybody does it. Everybody doesn't do it. Now, the era when this supposedly happened with Kavanaugh is right in my wheelhouse. That's my era. You know, the 70s, the 80s, when I was a young teen, when I was going from high school to college, when I was growing up, when you're still forming your personality, that's the same period of time. Now, going back to my religious background, we didn't have alcohol in the house. We didn't have tobacco in the house. I didn't drink until I was in my 20s. I went through high school. I went through college. I didn't have a drop to drink. I went to floor parties in my college where we had kegs of beer. Hell, I went to the liquor store and picked up the kegs of beer because I had the big car with the big trunk so we could fit three kegs back there and get them back to the floor. But I didn't drink, partly because from a religious standpoint, we didn't drink, but partly because my parents said drinking was bad and I believed them, so I didn't drink. That's the same reason I've never used drugs. Even as an adult, I've never used drugs of any kind because it's illegal. And the ramifications of doing something illegal, you're doing something bad. And there are punishments that go with doing things that are bad. My one vice when I was in high school was cigarettes. And I didn't even smoke regularly, just on occasion. But I always felt horrible after it because I knew I wasn't supposed to. I did get away with it the few times that I did it, but I stopped. It wasn't until I got to college that I had another bout or two of smoking, and I call it a bout. But again, tobacco was bad in my religion, so I wasn't supposed to do that either. And it was the guilt that stopped me from doing it. By the way, in the spirit of full disclosure, I have smoked off and on in my life. Haven't smoked in years, still use some chew on occasion. I don't find anything wrong with tobacco anymore. The point of the story was that tobacco was wrong for me, according to my family, and so I didn't use it except when I thought that I could get away with it. And then the guilt was so much that I stopped using it until I grew up and then decided, eh, I want a cigarette. But the point of all that was that I struggled with a right and wrong about using tobacco. That was a difficult choice for me. That was a battle that I had, using tobacco, right or wrong. It was a horrible conflict in me. But it's not the tobacco that I really want to focus on. It's the drinking. I didn't do it. And I know there was a lot of kids in my high school who didn't do it. They didn't drink. They didn't go to drunken parties. They didn't behave badly. And I, I know that to be true because I hung out with some of these kids. As I said, I didn't have a lot of close friends in high school, but I had friends that I hung around with like at band practice and that sort of thing. And they were not drinkers. They didn't go to parties and get drunk. There were parties, and I'm sure kids raided their parents' alcohol cabinet, but I never went to them and the people that I hung out with didn't go to them. So getting drunk was not acceptable. Behaving badly because you're drunk as a teenager wasn't acceptable. It wasn't even anything that was on my radar. It was so verboten. It was so bad that it wasn't something that was considered by me or anybody that I hung out with. So to find that behavior acceptable, to say, ah, what boy didn't do this? It's just mind boggling to me because there is a right and wrong and there is doing good things and bad things. And that's the wrong side of the line as far as I'm concerned. And by the way, 
the sexually assaulting uh, another person, whether it's a male or a female, completely unacceptable. I don't know why people would find that that's something that's excusable. Okay, people make mistakes when they're kids. And you do stupid stuff when you drink. I know that. And I have gotten drunk. I told you I didn't drink till I was in my 20s. I have been drunk and I have done stupid things drunk. One of the stupid things is not forcefully grab another human being and do anything to them, let alone a young woman who didn't want anything to do with me. So it's mind-boggling to me that people would say, eh, what boy wouldn't do that? What boy didn't do that? There's a lot. And there's a lot who find that attitude particularly offensive. I told you we'd be a little all over the place today, so I apologize. But there's stuff that's going on that just, it makes me question people. I have a bunch of people that I follow on Twitter these days. And um, I follow both male and female streamers, both male and female gamers, old and young, all different ages. One of my favorite streamers, somebody made a comment about something that she streamed, or rather something that she tweeted. She had tweeted something about her stream. And it was a kid, and you can tell it's a kid from his profile pic. And he said something to the effect, women shouldn't be allowed to make money from streaming. And this idea coming from some 13-year-old, okay, I understand that viewpoint is out there, and there is a lot of hatred for women out there, which I also don't understand. But for a 13-year-old to have this mindset of devaluing anything that a woman does is offensive. 13-year-olds can have valuable opinions. 13-year-olds can also be as dumb as a bag of rocks. But why any 13-year-old would think it's okay to attack somebody else, especially somebody who's successful, who knows what he or she is doing, is just bad upbringing to me. But it's indicative of the times that we live in where everybody thinks it's okay to spout whatever nonsense or hatred or bigotry pops into their head. I grew up being taught to respect other people. I grew up being taught to have empathy for other people, trying to put myself in somebody else's shoes and understanding where they are. I grew up, and this is the religious part of it, with the golden rule always in the back of my head. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Not just treat others well. Not just be nice. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Now that's the golden rule from the Bible. There's no question about it. That's the golden rule. But it's just a rule of common sense that people living in a society where you interact with other people should abide by, don't you think? You don't want people to treat you like crap, so don't treat them like crap. Whether you call it karma, what goes around comes around. Whether you call it the golden rule, treat others like you would like to be treated. Whatever you want to call it, we are all in this together. We are all human beings. And that's what I was brought up with. And that's what's lost in society today. That we're all in this together. I can disagree with you. That doesn't mean I hate you. But in this world that we live in, if I disagree with you, that must mean that I hate you. That's the viewpoint that people have. And that's so misguided and so nonsensical. I'm a firm believer in you can believe whatever you want to believe. That's fine. But... When your belief crosses the line from the quiet belief that your race is superior, your gender is superior, your country is superior, to the point where you're inflicting harm on other people, whether physical, emotional, mental harm on other people, that's where we have a problem. Because there's a difference between 
the so-called political correctness, which is really nothing more than be nice to other people. And let me give you the best explanation I can think of for political correctness and what I'm trying to say here. If your garbage man wants to be called a sanitation engineer, what harm is it to you? You can sit in your living room and believe he's a garbage man all you want, but why does it bother you that he wants to be called a sanitation engineer? Just call him a sanitation engineer. What the hell difference does it make to you? But there's a difference between that belief system and deciding, eh, all sanitation engineers should be killed. Garbage men too. Wipe them out. They're all stupid anyway. That's the difference in belief systems. Call them sanitation engineers if they want to be. But once you advocate for their violent removal from society, we've got some problems. And to carry the analogy forward, you can believe that sanitation engineers should just be called garbage men. And you can sit in your living room and call them garbage men all the live long day. But why do you have to spew your hatred for garbage men to everybody who will listen? What does that accomplish? What difference does it make if you hate garbage men and you hate the fact that garbage men want to be called sanitation engineers and that they exist at all? Why do you have to spew that out there? Sit quietly, enjoy your hatred by yourself, and don't inflict those hateful beliefs on everybody else. It accomplishes nothing except pissing people off. What's the point? I was brought up to accept everyone. My parents instilled in me this sense of empathy, this sense of equality, this sense of believing that people are all created under God or whatever being you want to believe is in charge. Or if you don't believe any being is in charge, we were all created by the same process, whether it's an evolutionary process or whatever process got us all here. We all came from the same biological muck. There wasn't a pile of male muck and female muck. There wasn't a pile of black muck and white muck. There wasn't a pile of Latino muck and Asian muck. We all came from the same biological process. That's what you have to remember. And that's why it's so offensive to me that people try to divide everybody into these little groups. We're better than that group. We're better than this group. We're all one big happy family. It's called the human race, people. The other thing the Kavanaugh hearings have reminded me of is how different the world is today. I remember there was a Supreme Court nominee back in the 80s, Judge Ginsburg, and he admitted to smoking marijuana prior to him becoming a judge. And that admission was enough for him to withdraw his nomination from the Supreme Court. Now, why did he do that? Because back in those days, even the appearance of impropriety was something to be wary of, to recognize and take action on. Back in the 80s, a guy named Gary Hart was running for president. He had a documented affair with somebody and withdrew from the presidential race. Why? Because it was socially unacceptable for him to continue on in a position of trust and authority and where he had a fiduciary obligation to the people who elected him, and so he withdrew. We don't have that kind of mentality anymore. We've lost that sense of this guy's a good guy, this guy's a bad guy. There's no sense of right and wrong. Which brings me back to what I was saying at the very beginning. There is a right and wrong. I was brought up 
to do good, to do good things, to do right by people. Now, why do you do that? Why would, why would we do that? Why would we just do the right thing? Eh, just do what you feel like. Go with the flow. Do whatever, do whatever makes you happy. Go ahead. What, what's, what's the harm? Well, the harm is we live in a world where there's other people. It's not all about us. The things we do ripple throughout our world, from our family to our friends to society in general. We are all interconnected. We have bonds with people that we don't even know. But the bonds are there because we are all human beings interacting in a society. And the stronger we make that society, the stronger we make that societal bond by doing good, by taking care of each other, by doing right by each other, the better the world is in which we live. We're not in this alone. I do good for you and hope that you pay it forward. But even if you don't, you at least recognize that there's goodness in the world and you'll do good at some point for somebody. As I said, we're not in this alone. We're all in this together. So why breed hatred and contempt? Why live a life of anger? Why despise other people simply because they're different? Why accept what's not acceptable? Why not call out wrong when it's wrong and do right because it's right? Isn't the world a better place if we take care of each other, if we do right by each other, if we watch out for each other? I don't know about you, but I want to live in a place where... I worry about my neighbor. My neighbor worries about me. They don't come in and bust in the door and say, hey, let's have a party. But they know if they haven't seen me for a day or two, they'll come and check on me. They know that if I see their house on fire, I'll turn the hose on and hose it down so they don't burn down. I want my kids to know that there's support around them. I want my grandkids to know that there's support around them. I want my great-grandkids to know that there's a world that will take care of them if they're in trouble. That's what I think we should all be striving for. And I think that because that's how I was brought up. And I worry about it because of what's going on in the world today that seems to suggest we've lost that. So what I'm going to ask of you is, let's try to remember we're all in this together. So let's try to support each other just a little bit. So I told you we were going to be all over the place today. Thank you for indulging me. This was more of a ranty story time than I usually do, and I apologize for that. But sometimes I feel like I... I want to share at least the background that got me to where I am and why I believe the things that I believe. You know, the way I look at things is not necessarily a bad way. And I think it's helpful if everybody has a perspective where you take into account the feelings of others and how your actions affect other people and how you can do good in the world by making the world a better place for those around you. I don't think that's complicated. I don't think that's wrong. I think that's a good thing. Anyway. That's going to do it for this episode of Storytime. We'll be back with real stories next time. But thank you for indulging me. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of things. As always, your support is so important to me, and I can't thank you enough for it. Until next time, you take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.